Hi, my name's Kramer, and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy. You're not just any mama's boy. You're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. I think it's time you know the truth about Sexy Senorita. That was the only girl that I ever dated with a nickname that was, like, I guess, big enough to have like a nickname on the radio show. And I don't know that you know the full story of what was really going on with that and how it ended so tragically. And that's what we'll explore today with dating disasters and the Certified Mama's Boy podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome. My name is Steve Kramer. Um, I made this podcast because my mom literally has the best words of motivation ever. Like she just makes me feel so positive and I think she will for you too. And we'll talk to her in a couple seconds. First, today is the final day for you to take the survey for this show. Please, 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 whatever you do, can you just take a few minutes to stop down today and take a less than four minute survey and it will, uh, you'll get a chance to win a Target gift card. So there's something in it for you too. So please take time, fill out the survey. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to the growth of the show. So it just takes a couple minutes. Target gift card can be yours. And with that, we'll say hi to my mom. Hello, mom. Hi, honey. Uh, so my birthday is coming up in a couple of weeks and my mom asked me the question as someone that's turning a 37 year old asked me the question of what do I want for my birthday? And I'm pretty sure that for the last 30 years, <laughs> I'm probably giving the exact same response. I mean, isn't it like every holiday I, I pretty much tell you the exact same thing? Yes. Which is what? Nintendo games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every year, I, I just keep thinking one day I'm going to grow out of wanting video games. That's like my one thing. I feel like every guy has like one thing he'll just like never get over. Mm -hmm. And I keep thinking, I remember when I turned 30, I was like, okay, 30 is going to be the year that I'm finally going to stop playing video games. And that's going to be it. And I don't play them that often, to be honest with you. I, I, I'm not like a diehard gamer. Right. But there's something about sitting down in front of the TV and playing Nintendo that is still so nostalgic to me and mm. so um what's the word so just happy it just makes mm -hmm. it takes me back to like that childhood place that i feel like still socially acceptable uh-huh more so than maybe other things that you would do as mm -hmm. a child um mm -hmm. like for example i used to love legos too but yes. if i sat down and like wanted a lego set for my birthday i don't think that would be that that appropriate <laughs> right um, and i used to be really self-conscious about it yeah. i remember one time i <laughs> I went to buy a game. This is back when I was in Tampa. So it was, uh, what, 2012 maybe. And I, <laughs> I was literally said something to the cashier like, yeah, my son really wants this or something. I just felt really embarrassed because I don't buy, I only buy like shoot 'em up games. I never buy like the real like masculine games. I only buy the, the kid games because there's just something about it that brings me so much joy. Playing. You're staying in touch with that kid place. I know. That's a and good I wonder thing. if that'll ever go away. I wonder if I'll ever like oh, lose. I, I keep, not. I, well, I mean, there's, <laughs> I would say that's probably my most embarrassing thing I still do. Like as an adult, I don't like Star Wars and all that kind of stuff. I'm not, I've never been into that. Um, yeah. But I think that, that sitting down and playing Nintendo games, is that one thing that I'll still never, never really get over. Mm -hmm. So everybody has hobbies. Some people just keep the same hobby for a very long time. <laughs> I'm consistent. You got to give me credit. 30 <laughs> years you've now. you've had a hobby for more than 20 years, the same hobby, 888-Kramer8. <laughs> right? I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Because honestly, I, I think that's true. I think people will, would have had the same hobbies. I mean, maybe they're not 
childhood hobbies, but I still have my my favorite hobby is still my childhood hobby. Which is what? Reading. Oh yeah. I oh never really gosh. got into reading. Love I read. It. I just don't. Well, I don't like. You did until I gave you a Nintendo game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Santa gave yeah. you a Nintendo game, and then that, that was the end of that. Mm. I remember that too. I uh, <laughs> and I've, I have a video of it somewhere of me getting my first Nintendo. I wish I still yes. had it easily accept- accessible. I don't have it right now, um, but I. I, I it was a, it was a very exciting Christmas when I got my Nintendo. My whole life changed. Yep, that's yes. probably when I stopped reading and everything else. Mm-hmm. Got tuned so. in to the networks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then in my true thrifty fashion, my mom was like, "Because uh, the, the game that I want is it's Animal Crossing for the Nintendo Switch, right?" Mm-hmm. And uh, she found it, but it was like sixty five dollars, and I was like, "No, no, 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 no!" <laughs> I was like, "I'm going to find it cheaper than that, and then you can just pay me for <laughs> for the cheaper price of the other of the game that I actually get." Because I don't, I would feel bad if you if you even paid retail for my gift. It doesn't feel. Doesn't feel right to me. I can't. I hate paying retail for stuff. It makes me so irritated. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I had some other ideas. Remember, I wanted to buy you a blower for your terrace. Yeah. Or yeah, tell tell me ideas <laughs> that you had for my for my birthday. <laughs> an, an outdoor power blower, yeah. or a little pressure washing machine. <laughs> And do either of those things sound like something I would do? No, not ever. But you have a new terrace. Yeah. So I thought, well, maybe you'd want to kind of keep it spruced up. I don't know. I don't even like my birthday. Like on my birthday, I don't even really want to make it a point. And I don't know why I don't like my birthday. Uh, it's coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm, I'm really not going to tell you what day it is because – I I really don't even want the hoopla this year. I don't want to celebrate it. I don't want to think about it. Like I don't even want to deal with it. Hmm. Uh, and I don't know why that is. I don't know why I every year on my birthday for years now I've cried and I don't know why. I don't know why it makes me so emotional every single year. There's no reason of why it makes me emotional. I just get emotional hmm. and not like in a positive way though. Not like oh my god, so many people love me. I think before. Because I'm a weird person. Like I know that I'm very public and I share my life and that's been my path for like 15 years now. But I really don't like attention, which is strange, I know. I know the two well, like, don't go together. Well, that wasn't true as a child. Yeah. I, so I used something to. I happened, used- something happened after you became an adult. What was that that made that switch? I don't know. I'm not sure what happened, um, but I just – I don't like all the attention. I don't – like I like attention from like a single person, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I am in a relationship, I'm super needy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't – I just don't like – like when I, I when people are like, oh, you know, like, like hi, it's so good. And like, like people are like, oh my god, you're so this and you're so that, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. I just never know what to do with it. And maybe mm-hmm. it's because I don't see myself as that. I just, I honestly just see my, and that's why it blows me away. My whole career is kind of blown me away because I'm not, I look at other radio personalities. I'm like, they're this and they're that. I'm literally just a guy that sits down in front of a microphone, pretty normal, <laughs> maybe a tad boring. And so I, maybe that's the part that kind of freaks me out to this day because I, I don't believe any of the things that you say to me because I, 
<laughs> I'm just me. I'm just me, you know? Right. That's what you're supposed to be. Just you. Yeah. But yeah. it's just, you're, like, you're this or you're that. I'm like, I don't know. That's. I think you're listening to the wrong thing. I don't think it's actually <laughs> me at all. No, I'm confused. I remember what happened a couple of years ago that really kind of messed me up when it came to birthdays mm-hmm. was that I felt like my my birthdays progressively got less important to my now ex-wife. Yes. And when we first got to San Diego, um, we um, – I think it was my first birthday here. We got here in December and my birthday is in June mm-hmm. and I – Remember that she did. This is like when I knew things was like where things were not getting not good. Uh, she didn't post, and this is gonna sound. I know. Hang on. She didn't post anything on social media about it being my birthday, mm. and that like that bothered me. Yes, maybe it shouldn't have, but it did. Mm. And obviously, I was right. Um, mm. But it bothered me, and I. I asked her, I was like, you know, it's, and I, I don't, I'm, I'm, my love language is words of affirmation, right? So mm-hmm. her saying something publicly, she, she was weird the last couple of years where she would stop posting about me on her social media at all. Mm-hmm. So, and she didn't want to be on my social media at all either. Mm-hmm. So, um, I remember my birthday rolled around. I'm like, obviously she's going to post about my, about my birthday. And then she did it. And that made me really upset. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, why, would you not? And I had, you know, I had to talk to her about it. And she said, because she would post about all of her other friends' birthdays. It's not like she wasn't like a, a social media person that didn't post on people's birthdays. Right. Like she posted on everybody's birthday. Right. And then she didn't post on mine. And it made me really upset. And so I wish I still, because I'm sure it was like super dramatic in the moment. But I remember I sat down. I may have it. Let me go through my phone. I remember I said, um, I wrote in, because she got really upset when I would like confront her on it. Um, and... I remember I sat down that night and I wrote like a note to myself in my phone. And the last note I had in my phone was from August 21st, 2016. So I don't have, it. I remember I wrote it, but it was something really dramatic. Like that's it. I will just, I never will celebrate my birthday publicly ever again. And why, would it, I, why would it have been in August if your birthday was in June? No, I'm saying that was the last note I had in my phone. Oh, I've got you. Like, okay. I don't, they, they don't go I've all the way back. You. I got you. Okay. So, yeah, ever since then, I'm like, that's, I don't know. I just haven't really, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. There's something about birthdays in me that I just don't, I don't sync up well. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to take this birthday off again. You know, maybe next year I can celebrate, <laughs> but I just don't even, I don't even want to think about it this year. Is that bad? I mean, it is what it is. I'm, I mean, your brother's not big on birthdays either. Yeah. Your sister is still, but <laughs> yeah, some people love them. You know, yeah, some people it's like the highlight of their year. Like it's that's really, and I've never been like that. I mean, I've never been. Have I? Where it's been not at least in my adult life. Maybe you burned yourself out as a little kid <laughs> with all the so drama and yeah. the excitement. And it wasn't only your birthday. You wanted to be Maggie and Brian's birthday party too. <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, you wanted to have your little shows and, you know, do everything at their birthdays too when they were little. Oh, I did? So I would yeah. like take their spotlight on their birthdays? Well, you would try, but no, <laughs> you were never successful at it. <laughs> that kind of sounds like me too. 
Um, uh, so we are looking at commencement speeches this week. It's our final day of doing this in honor of the class of 2020 who kind of got the shaft when it comes to their graduations. We decided to look at some of the best commencement speeches that have ever been given. And we've li- listened to some really good ones this week. And I know I think you've got some positive feedback from from you and you really appreciated them. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Steve Jobs one was great. If you go back, if this is your first episode, you can go back and listen to them. the last five episodes, you know, 40 through 45 all have these really motivational um, commencement speeches in them. And so today we are going to listen to Ellen DeGeneres mm. and she gave, where was that speech? Tulane. Uh, Tulane University, right? 2009, she gave the commencement speech and we'll go ahead and listen to uh, a part of it. The rest of it will be in the show notes. And I will say it was by far the fun. Well, Conan's was funny too. Um, but hers was, you know, classic Ellen humor with, with this, but I'm, I'm going to play about five minutes of it right now. I started this path of, of up, and it was successful and it was great, but it was hard because I was trying to please everybody and I had this secret that I was keeping that I was gay and I thought if people found out they wouldn't like me, they wouldn't laugh at me. Then my career turned into, I got my own sitcom and, uh, that was very successful, another level of success, and I thought, what if they find out I'm gay, then they'll never watch, and um, this was a long time ago. You probably, this was when we just had white presidents. But anyway, this was back (laughs) many years ago. And I finally decided that I was living with so much shame and so much fear that I just couldn't live that way anymore and I decided to come out and make it creative and my character would come out at the same time and it wasn't to make a political statement, it wasn't to do anything other than to free myself up from this heaviness that I was carrying around and I just wanted to be honest. And I thought, what's the worst that can happen? I can lose my career. I did. I lost my career. I got, the, the show was canceled after six years without even telling me. I read it in the paper. Um, the phone didn't ring for three years. I had no offers, nobody wanted to touch me at all. Um, And yet I was getting letters from kids that almost committed suicide but didn't because of what I did. And I realized that I had a purpose and it wasn't just about me and it wasn't about celebrity but I felt like I was being punished and it was a bad time. I was angry, I was sad and then I was offered a talk show. And the people that offered me the talk show tried to sell it and most stations didn't want to pick it up. Most people didn't want to buy it because they thought nobody would watch me. And uh, really, when I look back on it, I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, it was so important for me to lose everything because I found out what, what the most important thing is, is to be true to yourself. And uh, ultimately, that's, that's what's gotten me to this place. I don't live in fear. I'm free. I have no secrets. And I know I'll always be okay because no matter what, I know who I am. So in conclusion, When I was younger, I thought success uh, was something different. I thought, when I grow up, I want to be famous. I want to be a star. I want to be in movies. When I grow up, I want to see the world, drive nice cars. I want to have groupies, (laughs) to quote the Pussycat Dolls. How many people thought it was boobies, by the way? It's not. It's groupies. (laughs) But my idea of success is different today. And as you grow, you'll realize definition of success changes. For many of you, today, success is being able to hold down 20 shots of tequila. For me, the most important thing in your life is to live your life with integrity and not to give in to peer pressure to try to be something that you're not. 
to live your life as an honest and compassionate person, to contribute in some way. So to conclude my conclusion, <laughs> follow your passion, stay true to yourself, never follow someone else's path unless you're in the woods and you're lost and you see a path, then by all means you should follow that. You know, Ellen to me was and is such a pioneer. And oh, yeah. she really did F up like what she what she would consider effing up her career in that moment. Mm -hmm. Because when she came out, it was like, whoa. I don't know if, how, if you guys can remember that or not, but it was I remember watching the her show mm -hmm. and with her coming out and saying that, that she was gay and I was like, whoa, gay. Oh my gosh. And and it probably was uh, again, going back to the conversation with when do you when do you go outside, right? Like right. someone's got the first or things never move forward. And Ellen yes. was definitely the beginning of the curve. She was the first that I can remember publicly yes. coming forward and being like, I'm a celebrity and I like women. Yes. And that's like, that's crazy to me, you know, that she was brave enough to In admit 1997 that. too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because gay now is cool. You know, like yeah. <laughs> you're pretty cool if you're gay. It's like uh, it's it's like something. It's like, it's like a badge of honor now, right? Back well, it's then, certainly it's certainly generally accepted in most circles now. Not everywhere. No, I know, means, but, I know. But yeah, still have ways to go. But I, I would say in 1997, I mean, nobody, like nobody, mm -hmm. really accepted it. You know, right? Because her career probably should have been over at that point. Mm -hmm. And when she, you know, when she said. You know, for me, the most important thing in your life is to live your life with integrity and right. not to give in to peer pressure to try to be something that you're not. Yes. Or to, to live your life as an honest and compassionate person and to contribute in some way. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the good news is, is that now we are, are learning how important it is to truly be who we are. I mean, millennials certainly get that, Right. Right. They're, they're, they're not going with the status quo anymore. And, you know, people are standing up for themselves. And certainly that has to do with the movement and civil rights, you know, human rights in, in every way, shape, or form, gay rights, um, you know, now women's rights. Now, because so many people have been courageous enough to stand up to the establishment and not play the games, but be who they are, and realizing that that gives other people courage to be who they are. So now it's I think it's easier than ever before, and certainly no more important because I think it's always been important to be who we are, but you couldn't be for so long because right. you, I mean you just would get nowhere, you know, and right. and that's what you were taught. You know, that's what we were taught. Well, that's not what I was taught, but my generation was taught to keep your mouth shut and just go with the flow. You know, fake it sure. till you make it, you know, whatever you have to do, but don't rock the boat. Um, because if you do, you'll be out and they'll be looking for someone that, that you know, won't cause a ruckus. Right. Uh, so, you know, I'm delighted now that we have this turn of events where people are standing up and they're proud to be who they are and they're acknowledging that because that allows other people to do so. 
Um, you know, one thing that Ellen talks about too, and um, she was talking about how when she was uh, young and she kind of wrote this letter to God about becoming a you know comedian and then going and being on the Johnny Carson show and kind of almost sounded like manifestation to me in a sense. Anyway, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And the way I ended up on this path was from a very tragic event. I was uh, I, maybe 19, and my girlfriend at the time was killed in a car accident. And I passed the accident, and I didn't know it was her, and I kept going. And I found out shortly after that it was her. And I was living in a basement apartment. I had no money. I had no heat, no air. I had a mattress on the floor, and the apartment was infested with fleas. And I was soul-searching. I was like, why? is she suddenly gone and there are fleas here. I don't understand, there must be a purpose and wouldn't it be so convenient if we could just pick up the phone and call God and ask these questions. And I started writing and what poured out of me was an imaginary conversation with God, which was one-sided. And I finished writing it and I looked at it and I said to myself, and I hadn't even been doing stand-up ever. There was no club in town. I said, I'm going to do this on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. At the time, he was the king. And I'm going to be the first woman in the history of the show to be called over to sit down. And several years later, I was the first woman in the history of the show, and only woman in the history of the show, to sit down because of that phone conversation with God that I wrote. I mean, is that manifestation, you think? No, I don't know, but I, I do think that it certainly has to do with positive thinking and your mindset, yeah. that if you believe you can, you can, <laughs> and if you believe you can't, you can't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely believe that, but I'm, I'm not sure about manifestation. I, I, I really, I'm starting to really analyze manifestation and like, can the things that we say and think and do come true because we are literally manifesting them in front of us? And I don't know the answer to that yet. I just know like I've had a couple of different instances now kind of like that, like mm -hmm. where I've said it and it's just come true. Mm -hmm. And I, so I have to be really careful with that. And mm -hmm. like, even just being on the radio, it's not like it's a, it's a very narrow industry. I would say, to get on the path is challenging enough and then to do well is challenging enough. Yes. And the fact that like always like, okay, I'm going to go be on the radio. I'm going to be on the radio. And then, and then I was, and I'm like, I'm gonna have a hot wife and I got a hot wife. And I mean, I'm not saying all manifestations are good. I'm just saying they're true. Um, a couple of different things too, that like, um, even like start, remember I kept saying, I'm, I'm even as a joke, I was, I'm going to start a podcast, a positivity podcast. I mean, no plans to start a positivity podcast at all. And boom, here it comes. And, uh, a few other things where, like, even if I just say them in jest, I feel like, wow, they come true. So, so if, if you're thinking those things, then then you are leading, your mind is leading you towards those things. I don't know that that's necessarily the same thing as manifestation. I don't know. I'm really, I don't know. I just, when she said that, I'm like, wow, yeah, that's really, that is something. Uh, so Because she didn't I have don't. a clue, really. She no. is totally clueless. You know, That's what I'm she, saying. she says that um, one of the ways that she realized that she was funny early on was when her parents divorced 
And her mom went through a big depression, and she would be funny to help her mom laugh. Um, And she realized, I guess, at that point that she really was funny. Right. And that probably inspired her to be herself. I mean, to go back to that because it's genuinely who she is. Um, but yeah, she's had a, a long, hard road, like most everyone we've heard sure. this week that's successful. They've really had to work and do a lot of soul searching. I've had a lot of failures that looking back on them, they say, oh my God, I'm so glad that happened when it did. Yeah, that's because, like a reoccurring theme, right? So yes. whatever we're all going through, you know, this this week was, I didn't know how this whole week would turn out, but I really have enjoyed doing it because you really hear the common themes over and over and over again this yes. week. So hopefully this has been kind of beneficial to, uh, yes. to everybody. And I think it's um, been fantastic. For those that are that are graduating, or if you know somebody graduating, and it was kind of a meh kind of graduation, but um, yeah, hopefully this this brought something to somebody. I don't know, at least me for me. <laughs> Worst case scenario, I got something out of it. So that was, <laughs> and so did uh, I. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, right. Mom got something out of it. So at least we got something out of it. Maybe you. How did too. we do? Did we do okay? Eight, 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 or eight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wasn't that Oprah that said that? That every guest. Yeah, just the validation. Just validate us, right? Okay. Was just that okay? Validate us. <laughs> you know, I, in case you don't know, you can, after every episode, you can go and you can go in the show notes if you want to watch the whole thing. But the Ellen one's about 15 minutes, the Oprah one's half an hour. Uh, the Conan one's maybe 20 minutes. So if you want to go listen to the whole speech, if you like the little clip we have, you can always go down and listen to the whole thing or share it with somebody and or just share this podcast. That'd be even better. <laughs> you can go to the show notes themselves. Right. All right. Well, my, Monday, we're not going to do a show uh, because it is a long weekend. So okay. we're going to take Memorial Day off. Okay. And we I don't know. I might get bored. You might get bored. <laughs> we got nothing else to do. So we might. <laughs> just check I, it out, right? I'll talk See a little bit later there. on. I'll uh, I'll talk a little bit later on the episode about Memorial Day. Okay. And another reason of like why I'm I really want to take it off this year. Uh but it will also be the first time since we've started that we that I've taken a day off. So mm-hmm. we'll see even how that feels having like four episodes a week and so anyway, that's and now that's you can go right walk on the beach. And then go walk on the beach. Yeah. Walk on the beach. Enjoy Maybe go it. to a restaurant six feet away. Oh. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. With all the extra time, what will I do? I don't even know. <laughs> all right. Well, it's have a great fun. long weekend, Mom. You too, honey. All right. I love you. Love you forever. And when we get back, we have got to do the truth about sexy senorita. And that's next on the Certified Mama's Boy podcast. (laughs) Okay. I want to tell you about my biggest dating flop um, that I experienced, have experienced so far. And her name is sexy senorita on Fridays. We do dating disasters. And I think this may have been one of my most, most disastrous, at least publicly disastrous situations. Um, when, if you listen to the radio show at channel nine, three, three, then you know that I was publicly dating a girl. And this is the only girl that I ever mentioned, dating at least by name by nickname and that was sexy senorita now sexy senorita 
is uh, a young lady that I met and I will give you, I'll tell you that the ending was very tragic. Um, but the, the beginning of it was probably not the story that you realized, at least by listening on the radio. So sexy senorita for me had a couple different reasons. Um, and we used to play this song too. When she, when we talk about her, the song was very popular when it came out. So keep in mind, I told you that when I got divorced, I waited about six months and there was this one girl that I was talking to really nice girl. Our timing was not right from me trying to get over my divorce. She was getting out of a situation too. We were not healthy enough to even be considering dating at all, but we still try because we had this like, uh, this, this thing. And, um, but it just kept turning into we, we just had too many bad habits that we would just just enter back into. And it was it started becoming this like toxic situation. And so that we both had to realize. And one day one day, like we had gotten into this one of many fights, you know, little spats, and she had broken it off with me. And I knew that this cycle was just going to continue if I didn't change. And honestly, I didn't really want anything that heavy anymore. Cause I, you know, I'd been married for so long and I took some time off and I started dating her and it was kind of, it was, it was completely secretive, right? Cause I wasn't talking about it. And I, uh, cause I was still going through my divorce too. And I realized that I really don't want something this serious. I don't want to feel this, like this hurt. It shouldn't be this hard. And so as much as I care for her, I had to like, we both were just kind of like, all right, this isn't going to work. Well, I knew that if I didn't do something drastic that we were going to just kind of hop back into each other. So that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to publicly say now that I am starting to date. And that was the day that I put on, I created a hinge dating account and I put it on my social media and I was like, that's it. I'm dating. Here we go. So uh, I knew that I wanted to at least start dating very casually, very, very casual, 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 casual. Well, I, um, was scrolling through Instagram and I had a response to a, a post that I had put up on July the 18th. And the post said, who wants me to be their Comic-Con date? Question mark. And I put in parentheses, shameless free entry in. And she had responded to it. This girl had responded to it. And she said, I'll go with you if you have free tickets. And I, it was in my, what's it called? The little message folder in the side. Like I had, I had not really seen um, a lot of her responses. And so I click on it and I was like, oh, and I saw her little, you know, the little circle picture. I'm like, she's cute. She is cute, cute, cute. She had really pretty eyes. And um, so, but I didn't have Comic-Con tickets. And again, I, I also wanted like, um, let's, let's go back now. So my friend Gina, my co-host Gina had said, you should date a Latin girl. You've never dated a Latin girl before. You should do it. And um, our audience on channel 933 was a lot Hispanic. And so I thought it would be a really good storyline for the radio. If I date my very first Hispanic woman and Latin woman. And so I was, uh, I was attracted to her and I thought that her, she kind of let in. I felt like with, I'll go with you. if You have tickets. And so I, but I didn't have tickets. So I said, as of now, would you settle for sitting outside? And she said, sure, we can people watch. Ha ha. Um, and then I had, that's when I was like, let me like creep her a little bit. And I said, I saw her picture. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. 
Um, I said, well, can you bring your cute ass dog? Cause she had this, like a, a photo with dogs, like a dog, all of her photos were like her and her dog. And I said, I was just IG stalking you. And she said, of course, he's the one that loves people watching. And she said, ha ha, it's okay. We all do it. And I said, I don't want to be creepy, but you're really pretty. Are you single? She said, ha ha, you're not a creep. Yeah, I'm single. Smiley face, blushing smiley face. I'll tell you. Um, I said, you're too pretty to be single. Are you a murderer? Probably not my best line or anything else I should be concerned about. She said, no, ha ha. No, I'm normal. Or at least I think I am. I only kill spiders because I hate them. And, uh, thank you for saying I'm pretty. Uh, so anyway, I, the conversation progressed and I was like, okay, this, this is like really perfect. It puts a nail in the coffin for this other relationship that I was, you know, that we needed to like, cease at that point and it was like my very first like okay now i'm dating story and it's with a latin girl so it kind of plays into you know um this this storyline for channel 933 it's great and so there we go i asked her out and our very first date was i took her over to kensington it's this little area i don't know how to describe if you don't live here but anyway we went met up at this park because she was going to bring her dog she loves her dog i said i want to meet her dog i brought her dog a toy because i'm a gentleman <laughs> and then we went to dinner. We actually had, it was actually a really great date. I thought it was conversation was going. She's a really nice girl. And there it was. So I went back and I talked about it on the radio. And that was the first time I ever talked about going on a date on the radio. And it's very weird for me because I just didn't really, uh, know what to do or know what to say or how to like say, it. and I was like uncomfortable and maybe weird. And anyway, so, um, I, I also didn't tell her that I was going to talk about it on the radio. So what we would do was I would always record things a day ahead. Like we recorded that day and then wait a day and then play it because I needed like a, like a, and that, that happened often just to let you know, if there's ever a story that, that like was time sensitive that we needed to like wait a couple of days on. I would always tell it like while I was excited in the moment, but then play it back a couple of days later, which most of our show was completely live by the way at channel nine, three, three. Anyway, so first date went great. We kept talking. It's great. Uh, second date, boom, ended up going to the San Diego Zoo. Fun time. I don't think we did anything else that night because it was getting kind of late. But went to the nighttime zoo, uh, had a great time, walked around. Everything was good. Um, I don't think anything really eventful happened that night. Um, I went to... We took a photo in the photo booth. I remember that was like what we talked about on the air. Like, was that ridiculous to take a photo in the photo booth? And that was the end of date two. And then I still, I was, I was into her. I thought she was great. Uh, I didn't really know how to progress. That was my first, like technically second girl I dated since I had um, been divorced. So I didn't really know. I'm like, no, no, no. But we were like, we were like text and I would send her nice things. She would send me nice things. It was great. Third date rolls around. I said, okay, I want you to plan this date. And so she was going to take me to a restaurant over in her hometown. Uh, she lives probably, I'm not, I don't want to say, I'm, I try to keep her as anonymous as possible because I really did like spill every single detail about her. Um, I took her, we, we ended up in her town. And I was like, well, let's walk around a little bit because we were like kind of the downtown area. And I'd never been to that part of town before. 
and we walked past a Goodwill and I was like, oh, let's go to Goodwill. I was like, you, let's go in here and we both have to buy each other one gift and it has to be a meaningful gift of why you bought it for the other person. So we bought it and she bought me a, like a giant beer stein because she was like, when you have your first drink, I want it to be out of this because I hadn't drank and I still haven't drank by the way. Um, and I got her some like fake roses and uh, there's something else I got. I don't remember what it was now. Oh, I, I, this giant tiki mask. It was like really ridiculous. And the only reason I really wanted to give it to her because it was so embarrassingly large. And I know she had to carry it around for the rest of the night. So, um, so that was fun. And we went up, we had dinner at this other little place that we didn't plan on having dinner, but we did. And it was okay. By date three, I was kind of questioning on where it was going to go because I didn't really, we hadn't really done anything at that point. So I, took her so actually that night was our very first kiss Ooh, yeah um and she was a really good kisser by the way i gotta give her credit on that it was a really really good kiss and so anyway things seemed to be okay i was still like i wasn't sure i, I would say she was definitely a a nice girl and we had good conversation but i just still was there's was something missing that i couldn't quite figure out but i wasn't at the point where i wanted to cut it off yet so the next weekend, though, is where the dating disaster kicked in. The next weekend was Margarita Fest, and her and I actually had plans to go hang out after Margarita Fest. Margarita Fest, for those that don't know the story, was a um, literally a Margarita Fest. It was a station event that was put on uh, in downtown San Diego, and I was supposed to host early in the night. So that's why I knew I could hang out with her that night, but it was from like four to six, maybe I had to be there. That moment, that day changed a lot of things in my life. And the reason I say that is because my ex-wife was at that event. And that day caused a ridiculous amount of trouble in my life. And I, I'm going to do an episode on the full story. And because there's so many things you just don't know about yet. I will tell the full story one day. I'm not quite ready yet, uh, but it is a doozy of a day. And so anyway, Margarita Fest, um, that's when I started posting on social media. Actually, when I started posting, I'd already left, but I had put this post of a picture of me and I put something like, you know, when your ex-wife shows up at your station event and at least you got a cute outfit on or something like that. And I posted a couple Insta stories at that point about her being there and done a couple of different screenshots because it, it was like, it was a dramatic, dramatic ass day. And so at that point, um, she texted me and said something along the lines of, I, you obviously have your hands full over there. Why don't we just go out another time? And I was like, Oh, and I was actually pretty upset because I did like her. And I was like, Oh man, I don't know if I like, did the right thing. And then that night was just terrible because all the Margarita Fest stuff, which we'll just talk about later on. And anyway, so I had sent her a message a couple of days later and I was like, Hey, listen, like I still like, like to, another chance to like go out with you. And she's like, I'm not sure. And she eventually was like, yes, let's go out. Let's do it. And then a couple of days later, she messaged me and was like, I gotta be honest. I don't think I'm feeling it with you anymore. And I, in my heart, I'm like 99.9% .9 sure that it was 
all the margarita fest drama that kind of like steered that situation wrong with me yeah that's the that there you go there is the, the story of the very first girl that i at least publicly dated and it ended so disastrously all because of margarita fest i assume it was all because of margarita fest um she's still a really sweet girl she will She'll text me from like when I get let go. She texts me. Uh, she'll she'll DM me sometimes, like responding by stuff I post. So she's sweet, but uh, sexy senorita definitely. I, honestly, maybe probably my biggest dating disaster publicly since I've been divorced. So there you go, sexy senorita. Let's get into the good news. Because sexy senorita was definitely not. Good news. Um, that was a challenging time in my life, I would say. But this is great news. At the end of every show, I start giving you the good news from the coronavirus. And it's just like the good things that are happening in the world because of the hard times. That like It's like the diamond comes out of the coal or whatever that phrase is. I don't even know what it is. Um, so uh, this is a great story. Obviously, there's so many healthcare workers that continue to fight the coronavirus, right? And now there's a new ingenious service that allows you to send unconditional messages of love and support to frontline heroes and get one in return. Uh, this, this service is called a Text for Humanity switchboard. It's created by Cinch in partnership with the Mental Health of America. It originally launched in January to combat online negativity and promote sharing of positive messages between strangers. Uh, to date, more than 83,000 messages of positivity have been exchanged across 85 countries. And then, obviously, the world started getting crazy with all the coronavirus stuff. Text for Humanity now enables people to choose to participate uh, to identify themselves as either a frontline worker or someone in isolation. In turn, senders can choose a group they would like to send a personalized message of thanks and support. Frontline workers can include anyone from nurses and doctors to delivery drivers or grocery staff workers. There's no charge, by the way, and it is a it's a nonprofit. Uh, there's no you know they don't make any money off this. Anyway, if you want to learn more about it, you can text the word join to three seven three five two. I'm gonna link to all the stuff to be honest with you i haven't done it yet but i think we should all do it this weekend like let's send some text to people that really need it i think it's an awesome service it's there it's free you should do it in the show notes and let's give this girl her proper respect there's a 10 year old girl who single-handedly managed to give the gift of art and joy to more than 1500 kids in foster care and homeless shelters during the COVID 19 shutdowns this girl's name is chelsea phrase uh maybe this girl's name is Chelsea Fryer, and she's behind Chelsea's Charity. It's this nonprofit that she started back in 2019. It was in August, and all what it was at first was a means of donating art kits to at-risk children, which is cool, right? Um, and she'd always always wanted to do this, apparently. And so what she did was it was her 10th birthday, I think, and Chelsea asked everyone to give her art supplies instead of birthday gifts. And after that, the initial batch was obviously gone through. Uh, she started collecting it through her charity and uh, the Amazon wish list that she had started. Each kit is filled with its crayons and gel pens and coloring books and paper and colored pencils. And obviously, you know, the uh, all the shutdowns with the coronavirus has prevented her from handing out a ton of kits. She still managed 
to give away an additional 1,500 art kits to different homeless shelters, women's shelters, and schools uh, impacted by gun violence in 12 different states. So this is what she's doing. What are you doing, <laughs> right? Like, I'll put all the links to all these stories in there, but go check out her wish list and see if maybe you can send over something as well. And typically at the end of the show, I leave you with a made me laugh, right? It's something that I find on the internet that made me laugh, and hopefully I want to end the show always on like an upbeat except for today's show. And the reason I say this is because this weekend is Memorial Day weekend. And it's a weekend that I struggle with every single year because of the meaning behind exactly what it is. Memorial Day, of course, is the day that we honor anyone that has lost their lives in the act of military service, right? And I know that no matter how hard we try, we are going to see a somebody post Happy Memorial Day or Happy something. This Memorial Day for anyone who has lost someone in the act of service it is not a happy day. It's not a happy weekend. Um, and I know it's hard even for me to comprehend what that's like because I haven't lost somebody uh, while serving. So I don't have the exact sympathy that someone that has that actually been through it has. I mean, every year we have these three-day weekends, and this one's going to be a little bit different, obviously, because you may not get the chance. You don't have a chance to go on your trip, or you may don't have a chance to go sit on the beach right now, or you know, to even have barbecues the right way. At least, you know, it's going to be a different kind of year. Um, all I ask is that you don't fast forward for the the, the next two minutes. You spend two minutes listening to this speech from Ronald Reagan because I really hope that. You'll take some time if it's just 30 seconds on Monday. We're not going to have a show Monday, by the way, uh, but like 30 seconds on Monday and just think about truly what the day is about and how many people have fought to give us the freedoms that we have today. I mean, it's really powerful. It's a super powerful day. So if anything, this weekend, I hope that you'll take the time and you'll do that. And my deepest sympathies for anyone that's lost anybody or lost the ability. It may have been like, you know, your granddad or somebody you didn't even know. My mom's going to talk to you on Sunday for her pep talk about uh, losing her brother. I didn't know her brother, and I, I don't get the opportunity to know her brother because he was uh, killed with complications of Vietnam. So uh, for anyone that's lost anybody in in service, uh, my, my deepest gratitude and sympathies to to you this weekend. I do love you. Have a nice weekend. Remember what it's all about. And I'll see you back here on Tuesday, okay? Sometime back, I received in the name of our country the bodies of four Marines who had died while on active duty. I said then that there is a special sadness that accompanies the death of a serviceman. For we're never quite good enough to them. Not really. We can't be. Because what they gave us is beyond our powers to repay. And so when a serviceman dies, it's a tear in the fabric, a break in the hole, and all we can do is remember. It is, in a way, an odd thing to honor those who died in defense of our country, in defense of us, in wars far away. The imagination plays a trick. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise. We see them as something like the founding fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. 
When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country, for us. We owe them a debt we can never repay. All we can do is remember them and what they did and why they had to be brave for us.